This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And welcome to our special guest interview for this week. And I'm thrilled to have with me back for the second time, Kevin Appleby of Grow CFO. Hello to you. Hello again, Rob. Great to be back. Kevin, we don't invite everybody back, so you must have done something right. We had a terrific conversation last time about this CFO role, how it differs from and is similar to the accounting role. Do you just want to summarise that conversation for us in 60 seconds? The CFO is a person on the, the management team that is looking after the finances is giving the financial information on a regular basis to the rest of the the board, but is also involved probably in most of the business decisions that are taking part. The CFO is probably the outward looking face of finance, though. He's looking towards the customers, suppliers, investors, and so on, not just looking down at running the accounting systems, getting the numbers together, producing the P&L accounts and so on which I'd, I'd see more as a financial controller, head of finance role. And we talked about the crossover in the route to being a CFO with the accounting qualification. More and more businesses these days are asking more of their accountants as that trusted advisor and almost that CFO role. So explain to us from your standpoint, what's been asked of accountants in dealing with the complexities of modern day business? I think there's there's kind of two areas here, Rob. There's, the accountant could either become more of a CFO rather than, than seeing his client when there's some tax advice to be done. Is that like a part-time FD type? It's a part-time FD. And we're, we're seeing a, a, a fair few people in our community that we call portfolio or fractional CFOs. Now, they'll, they'll probably have four or five clients and they'll give a day a week to each and they'll be involved in financial advice and so on. And I, I think that's something that somebody in practice can move into. You've got to ask what sort of advice are those companies looking for? Because it's it's more than bookkeeping. It's more than putting the accounts together. It's probably because they want somebody who can go and build sensible financial forecasts, financial models, because they're potentially going to an investor for money. Possibly somebody who knows the investment world, knows how to go and talk to a, a pre-seed investor or a seed fund investor. We talked in the last show about the changing role of the CFO And there's certainly a changing role of accountants that have traditionally looked backwards, if you like, that compliance angle, that historical viewpoint of things to that trusted advisor, that consultant, that peer of the buyer, that strategic visionary, if you like, of a business. And this brings us into the realm of consulting services that accountants are more and more occupying. Yeah. And we we talked about that, that idea of being the fractional CFO, but there's also the consultancy side of it as well, doing projects for the client. Um, There's a very simple way into that, in my view. Folk are constantly wanting to upgrade accounting systems. The the thing that we find most of our members, we've got an event that takes place in Gross CFO every Tuesday lunchtime, we call Future of Finance Functions. And typically we'll get a guest along to present on a particular subject. And it's all been member driven. We've we've fat with member, we've asked members to tell us what they want to learn about, and we've brought the guests on. Tell us what the next steps are if we've if we're outgrowing zero and QuickBooks. What what can we do to better integrate and automate? Expense automation is a big one, always, because that's something that can really get rid of some workload. There's a lot of interest in, in KPI report. What systems are around that can do that? There's planning and budgeting. What are the alternatives for using an Excel spreadsheet? And where can we find some expertise about doing some of that better? So the natural role into consultancy for folk in practice is into any of those areas. And firstly, you should have sufficient expertise. When your client comes along and has got a problem in a particular area like that, you should at least have a, 
an opinion on what to do and what the best systems are. Well, there's so many and there's so many different features of them. I believe there's there's a thousand apps that you can plug into Zero and probably more for Sage and Intuit and everything else. So have we got to a point, Kevin, where the modern day CFO, the modern day accountant needs to be a, a techno geek as much as a technically competent professional? There's a lot they need to know. There's a lot they need to know, yes. It's more than turning a computer on and off, isn't it, these days? <laughs> the, the CFO really has got more to worry about than get into that sort of problem. I think that, that's probably where, the, the, where practice can really add value to the CFO role. No? The CFO just wants to kind of choose a system, get it implemented, and get on with using it. And once, it, once, once the CFO's done that, it's, it's end of, move to the next problem. So you wouldn't really want to go through the process of really getting to know what all the alternatives are, what's best, what's worst. You kind of want somebody to come along and take you through a process, ask you a few questions that kind of give, the, give them some idea of what's important to you. And based on that, can advise them, well, you've told me these four things, Therefore, we think this particular integration is probably the right one for you. Or we, we know there's these three. Now here's, here are the pros and cons of each. What do you think? One of the key differences between CFOs and accountants is that commercial angle. And, and I mean by that, that accountants are often expected to bring in new business, bring in new work, either by magnifying the additional services to existing clients or going out and finding new clients. And whether you call that rainmaking or business development, everything else. That's not a role a traditional CFO has, but I guess in bringing in consultancy services and that fractional CFO role, accountants can do more for their clients, can't they? And find those revenue sources. Yeah, absolutely. They can they can do a lot more for their clients and and, and they've got to. And I've got a, a model that's it's called vital, but it, it really comes from the, the thing is that you can either be functional or you can be vital. <laughs> and anything functional can be automated. If your key sets of services that you're putting together around taking the books and submitting them to the inland revenue, if your key services around doing payroll for people, so on, they're all things that are becoming easier and easier and easier. It's commoditizing, isn't it? They're totally commoditized. So, you know, more and more is going to be automated out of existence. So you've got to become vital. You've got to be able to give that extra bit of business advice. And and I've I've put an acronym around the the, the letters of vital. When you said vital, I was thinking relevant. I was thinking in, in insightful. You've got to speak the language of the business owner. You've got to speak into their pain and their problems, and speaking to their opportunities. So you've got to be absolutely essential. That's what the trusted advisor role claims to be for accountants. So yeah, if you've got an acronym around vital, let's talk through those, Kevin. This will be easy to remember for the accountants listening. And what would you describe there is actually a lot of the second letter, the I, which stands for insight. But the first one is V, which is visionary. And here's where there's the biggest mindset switch, Rob. And it it affects the CFO as much as the accountant in in practice. We're used to putting P&L accounts together. We're used to reporting numbers. Well, it's a little bit like driving your car and only looking through the rearview mirror. All the numbers tell you, all the P&L account tells you is what happened in the past. It's not going to tell you what's going to happen in the future. So one of the biggest switches is to is to become an authority on, on telling people how to forecast, how to look at strategic options, thinking through the alternatives that lie ahead. So uh, the accountant in practice, I would, I would say that you know, as well as getting involved in the the actual results, the submissions, the tax man, company's house, get involved with helping your client prepare his budgets. So you're talking about helping with financial models, 
reporting you mentioned and in our last interview you talked about the emergence of kpis in, in that forecasting element absolutely kpis and i, I think kpis definitely you know, everybody's got kpis these days one performance I, indicators for our listeners who are not yeah. well versed with kpis yeah. one of the things i used to do way when i first became a consultant at pwc i was involved in the part of pwc's consultancy business putting balanced scorecards together putting kpis together and we'd, we'd go through an exercise where we'd work out what it is the business should be measuring. Then we'd scratch our heads and think about where's the data coming from. Now, take that forward, best part of 20 years, we've now got the opposite problem of we've got so much data, it's working out which bits of data are actually <laughs> meaningful and we should use. You, know, like you can go to Google Analytics and look at what a website's done. You can spend an afternoon clicking on various things, getting loads of nice graphs, tables, whatever. You come out of it and you think, well, that was all very interesting. We're going to do anything different as a result of that. Deluged by the data. Deluged by the data. Yeah. If the data is not telling you anything useful in order to make a decision, it's not a relevant piece of data. So great. That's the visionary, Kevin, the strategic, the forward thinking look of it. The, the next one in vital was insight. Insight. Well, no, that's understanding the economic engine of the business, not the PL account. Um, actually put a podcast together of my own on the Grow CFO show a few weeks ago where we're talking about what, what's wrong with the PL account. And the thing is, the PL account doesn't really tell you about, it tells you what you've spent money on. And probably if you've got some cost centers behind that, it tells you who spent it. It never tells you why you spent it. It doesn't tell you about the economics of the business. It doesn't tell you about the profitability of customers, the profitability of products. It doesn't tell you about what are the things you've got to do in order to make money? And I've seen some of your writings. You talk about activity-based costing as a core skill, don't you, Kevin? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I've learned in times as, as consultants, you know, you'd, my job on an awful lot of consulting projects would be the finance guy in the team that would need to go in and work out, okay, we're going to transform this particular business process. What does the current process cost us? Where can we make some savings? What's the future process going to cost? If I said to the, the average accounts team, okay, what does the purchase to pay process cost you? They'd scratch their heads and think, <laughs> no idea. There isn't a line in the PL account that tells me what the purchase to pay process costs. I'd go and I'd, do, I'd, I'd have a simple process map where I'd probably have nine or 10 individual processes that go on within overall purchase to pay. And I'd start asking a lot of people across the business, well, how much time do you spend? in each one of those process stages, okay? And, well, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want them to start timesheeting down at the last 15 minutes, but no. Is it is it 10% of your day goes into that process? Is it 15% of your day? No, it's big, big handfuls. But then you get an idea that you can very quickly cost salaries together. You can stick some on costs in there of other costs that, that are driven by people. And you find in most businesses, the costs you look at are driven by people and what they do. And you suddenly then get a, get a feeling for, what the purchase to pay process altogether might cost you right from the purchase order being raised to paying the supplier. Mm. So we're talking about accountants being vital instead of functional in their role serving the client and the functional being the commoditized automated kind of services. And we've got in this acronym vital, we've got the visionary, we've got the insight. Talk us through the T, Kevin. The T is the team. Okay? Everybody in the team at your client has their own problem. Okay. And I, I've learned this one from being the, the business accountant sitting in the business meeting, coming along and presenting business P&L account each month. And you just see the marketing folk, the sales folk, they switch off at this point. They're not really interested. 
But the sales folk had suddenly got a problem that is his client aren't paying the bills. They should really be putting the client on stop until the bill's paid, but they know the client's got a bit of a problem. Um, they're very keen then to take the business account down to talk to the client, to talk through their financial situation, sort out a payment plan, things like that. You know? It's about knowing what's keeping the rest of the team awake at night and how you can help on specific problems. That's very pertinent. Their agenda rather than your agenda. Yes. Accountants would see the, the line into the business owner, the managing director, the CEO, if you like, but they wouldn't necessarily see that they've got to build consensus and relationships with the whole management team. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We've got VIT. This is, uh, this is a great acronym. <laughs> have to be more relevant. Let, let's go with A. A is Agile. Agile is all about driving change. We've touched on it already. We've talked about that role as the advisor about financial systems, automation, and so on. But you know, the biggest place that you, you can add value is advising on that change, helping drive that change, helping manage that change. So there's there's a whole bunch of skills in, in within the A. The, the first one is is knowing what to advise, knowing the options, being able to talk a good good talk. The second part of that is is about having the implementation skills to take that to the stage beyond having recommended something and hand-holding the client through the process of implementation. Then you can break down into two sets of skills. Skill A is project management, but the softer set of skills, and I think probably the most valuable set of skills, is the change management set. How do you actually drive the change all the way through that process? It's not just the consensus in the first place of, oh, we'll go for this system. No, it's the change through... Okay, fine. We've 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 convinced the, the the owner. Now we've got to convince the people that are going to use the system. We've got to involve the people that are using the system. We've got to train the people that are using the system. We've got to make sure that that hands are held appropriately. That that people are up to speed. They can use the new tools. Whole load of things go under the under that change piece. So it's not going to be always the same as it is today. And you've got a very big role in advising and helping your client with what's new especially if you advocate a new technology for that business client and adoption is a big thing isn't it getting that rolled out throughout the company and that brings us actually very nicely into the l and the l is learning you can only be that vital advisor if you are constantly learning it's life is no longer about what it was that you passed your exams in. And I still expect that letter to come back from the Institute of Child Accounts. Oh, Mr. Appleby, we've just reviewed your, your, your taxation exam at P2. You actually failed. <laughs> <laughs> so I still don't know how I ever passed that one, Rob. But you, know, you think back to the skills you learned to pass your exams. How often do you actually use them these days? It's a whole different set of skills. Well, I, as a former high school maths teacher, an accusation of mathematics was that it teaches children very little that they use in real life. It's not fit for pests. We don't teach them how to budget. We don't teach them what interest is really in managing an account and, and things like that. So, and I'm mindful of a great quote by Eric Hoffer, Kevin. He said, the mark of an educated person is the degree to which they are willing to let go of old ideas to embrace new ideas. And with accountants and CFOs, you're right, a lot of what they learn is no longer relevant. We are in a new world. Everything's changing. We have to keep reinventing ourselves as an expert. And I think across a consultancy career of 20 years, I reinvented myself in what I consulted in on about four or five different occasions. The Madonna of the finance world. <laughs> I joined Coopers and Library and PwC straight from, the, straight from my role in ICI. And 
I got involved in a big, big project in the Ministry of Defence. So by accident, I managed to rebrand myself as a, as a defence consultant. But I always remember we were out to dinner with some very senior folk in PwC one night. My project director, Alan, said, introduced me to this particular partner as the world's leading authority in munitions accounting. Wow. And I sort of looked at Alan and thought, well, I'm not doing anything special, Alan. <laughs> and then Alan afterwards said, yeah, Kevin, you're not doing anything special, but you're the only one doing it. Therefore, you're the world authority. <laughs> Keep claiming that until somebody tells you or proves that you're not. I've, I've moved from being defence consultant to a, a transport consultant, local government advisor, shared services expert, NHS expert, somebody who specialises in writing business cases for investments. You grow CFO site. That will give people a lot of encouragement and support on doing things like this, whether they be CFOs or accountants. Would that be right? Absolutely. There's loads in there, loads in there to help you. And accountants, they do really need to raise their game. They've got ever more demanding clients with ever greater expectations that go beyond the historical, the rear view mirror, as you said. So we'll put your contact details on the show notes here. Would you leave us with a few words of encouragement for accountants that do want to step into consulting services? They do want to be more vital to their business clients. They want to serve them better in the complex world that we, we, live, we live in. Yeah, it can be done. And I'd say as well, Rob, you mentioned Grow CFO and resources. No? Come along to Grow CFO on most Tuesday lunchtimes. We've got the Future of Finance Function session going. You can learn an awful lot about what finance leaders are worried about and what, what things it is that you can potentially advise them. And you can also learn a lot about the products that are out there. We've also got the CFO competency framework. Have a go at that. You'll see all the skills that the, the typical finance leader in a business should have. Where is it perhaps that you need to develop? And that'll get you thinking outside of the box on some of those traditional advisory role things into some new areas. And we've got training courses sitting in Gross CFO behind each one of those. So you know, if you if you come along as a premium member, we can give you a lot more. That's grosscfo.net. And a premium membership is worth looking at because knowledge is easy to find, but it's not so easy to make sense of and implement into your life. And a little bit of mentoring, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of help works there, doesn't it, Kevin? That does. And, you know, the way... We look at that premium membership, Rob, is you probably go along to Costa every day at Starbucks <laughs> and buy yourself a cup of coffee. You spend two or three quid. You do that every day of the year. You've paid, you've paid the equivalent of gross CFO premium membership. Wouldn't you spend the price of a cup of coffee a day on your own personal development? Investing in yourself. Well, Kevin Appleby of Gross CFO, that's been excellent. Thanks so much for your time and your insights today. Rob, that's been brilliant. Thank you very much. 